We are still celebrating our church's 75th anniversary, so get your notebooks ready, get your pens ready, and prepare your hearts to hear a message from God this morning. Hello, Restoration Church. So good to be together. Can I hear that you're alive? All right, good. Welcome to Plymouth and Milton and to everybody joining us, on, joining us online. Uh, something very special happened this week. A guy from church told me he went to his primary care doctor. This is a true story. I'm not making this up. He went to his primary care doctor last week, and his doctor said, it's time for you to start going back to church. That is the truth. And, uh, and so listen, if you're online, you should consult your doctor. <laughs> of all the doctors that I know that have recommended people to go to church, 100% of them have recommended for people to go to church. All right, so this is like a, a toothpaste commercial. So listen, consult your doctor, it is time to come back, and uh, we're looking forward to seeing you. And today we're looking forward to continuing our series as we celebrate Restoration Church is entering, has entered its 75th year of ministry. Last week was, was such a great honor as I had three of the former pastors join me on stage as we just talked about some of the things that God did and, and reflected on that and really got our hearts knowing, man, God did so many great things. And this morning we have sung about it. He's not done yet. There, there are more things that he's planning, more things that he wants to do through us and in us. And so we're celebrating all month long and probably all year long just reflecting on that, thanking him for bringing us through every challenge, every trial, thanking him for every miracle that he's done in the past and thanking him in advance for every miracle to come in the future. It's going to be so good. This morning, I have the privilege of introducing to you a guest speaker. And he's no guest to Restoration Church because he was the lead pastor in our church from 1984 to 1989. And so just a little bit of history. When uh, in 1986, the, the week I turned five years old, I started going to the midweek program at the church. And this gentleman was the lead pastor of the church at the time. Uh, his name is Henry Snyder, and he'll join me here on stage in just a moment. But Pastor Henry, he, he pastored the church through that period. And then after his time at, at the church, he served in our district office here in northern New England and served in a, a few other places. But for the last 13 years, he's been the lead pastor of the River Church in Conway, New Hampshire. And so we are excited to have him here so if you already get your Bibles, get your notebooks and your pens, and please, at every location, even online, wake up your sleeping dog, let us give a huge welcome to Pastor Henry Snyder. Thanks, Pastor. Thank you so much. 
Good to see you. I will say this, Pastor Nate has grown since that Wednesday night service. Can you say amen? What a great God we serve. I want to also introduce my wife, she's here somewhere, and, and my granddaughter, Ava, my wife, Sherry, uh, and I just appreciate uh, Pastor Nate and his wife and, and uh, his family and uh, all that they do for, for you, because that's what a pastor is, amen? They're a servant of the people, and so I appreciate him so, so much, and, and I can see, it's not hard to see the work that is being done in Dover, and we're so thankful for that. It was a privilege to serve here during those years, and uh, God is so good. You know, I congratulate you on 75 years, and there's reasons why we celebrate those things. And the one, the first thing I think we look back is to have a learning experience. And that learning experience can be negative and positive. But how many know in your private lives, in your personal lives, there's those times, there's negative and positive. And God expects us to learn from both. Didn't he say that you're going to have various trials? And so we learn from both the positive and the negative. And then also, 75 years. What a testimony. You know how many, how many churches are not existing after starting 75 years ago? Many. About 70% of churches in the United States are in decline. And I got to tell you, I don't accept those kind of st statistics. I really don't. I appreciate that during the, this last year, I don't even want to say the C word, but during this last year, we, we were so thankful to, we had the live stream, of course, for a few months, but we actually grown during that time and added families and probably eight kids to our, to our uh, body. And so we appreciate that, and God just has upholded us. And the key is we sang it here, God is in this place. Yeah. Oh, come on, church. Yeah. I don't know, but you, 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 I'm going to need your help. huh? God is in this place, and he's a God of miracles. And after 75 years, he's still moving. Yeah. He's still the King of kings and the Lord of lords. So it's a testimony, and then we look back as a celebration experience. We celebrate, number one, we celebrate each other. And I appreciate Pastor celebrating the former leaders, but because I believe this, I believe that, that we need to not take credit as a body of, of what we have right now. We need to look back and say, and I do this every church I go to, who, who pounded the nails? Who replaced the windows? Who cleaned the floors? It's because of those people who did the worship uh, it's because of those people that a church is successful, that a body is successful. So we celebrate people, and then, of course, we celebrate Jesus. We look back and say, God, we could not have done it without you. Amen. Oh, there's one amen. Well, we're, we're getting there. I couldn't have done it without you. The body, the church could not have done it without Jesus. So Today, there's reasons to look back, and I appreciate every one of you today. There's probably a few of you here, but probably only a few that were here when we were here. And, uh, but today, I want to I speak out of a, a, an account that is so, so familiar to all of us, and that's in Matthew chapter 14, where Jesus came and walked on the water. Walked on, you've heard this probably a thousand times. 
But today I hope to give it just a little bit different slant. So Matthew 14 and verse 22, first, let's pray first. Father, we thank you. We glorify you that you're the King of kings and Lord of lords in our lives. And I thank you for this body. I thank you for what you're doing here. I thank you, Lord, that God, that you're anointing, you, you're anointing the leadership of this church to take them to the next chapter and the next chapter for your glory, for your honor, and for the good of this community. Because our goal is not just to populate the church, but to populate heaven. And so, Father, we glorify you today, and we surrender to you today. In Jesus' name, amen. Verse 22. Immediately, Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side, while he sent the multitudes away. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. Now, when evening came, he was alone there, but the boat was now in the middle of the sea, tossed by the waves, for the wind was contrary. Do you have ever, ever have anything contrary in your lives? Yeah. No. Oh, good. Pastor does. Uh, it's probably not good just the pastor has contrary. There, there you go. You don't know what contrary. Okay. Now, the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them, walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It's a ghost. And they cried out for fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, Be of good cheer. It is, it is I. Do not be afraid. When God shows up, even at Bethlehem, the first thing he usually says is, Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it is you, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. So he said, Come. And when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw that the wind was boisterous, he was afraid, and beginning to sink, he cried out, saying, Lord, save me. When you get in trouble, don't be afraid to cry out. And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him and said to him, O oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? And the doubt there is, if it is you. That word, if, that two-letter word, if it is you. And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. Lesson was over. Then those who were in the boat came and worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are, this is the Son of God. Amen. May God have his blessing on the reading of the word. I'm just going to do this so I can see my notes a little bit better, because if I don't, you'll be here all day, honest. The name of this message today is simply this, God made an exception. God made an exception. Now, the Word of God is for, to do two things, to comfort the afflicted, amen? amen? So if you're suffering this morning, if you're going through something, it's to comfort the afflicted. But the Word of God also is to afflict the comfortable, So if you're complacent today, you know, when a fire starts to go out, a little campfire starts to go out, what do you got to do? You got to poke it and stir it a little bit. Poke it and stir it a little bit. Now, this morning from the sound of it, you are all on fire for God. And that's a tremendous thing. But if there's one here in the sound of my voice and, and the fire has started to go out, the passion has started to dwindle. You need a little stirring, you need a little poking of the Word of God this morning. And I want to tell you that God is making an exception. In Scripture, 
there's the principle of exception. An exception is a person or a thing that is, include, that is inc- excluded from a general statement or does not follow a rule. It's a special case, a rule breaker, outside the normal. We might say out today, outside the box. We can't look at past patterns. You know what our minds do? Our minds look at past patterns and predict the future. You can't do that. You gotta pray and, and, and fast and seek God in the word and say, God, what's your future for me? Not according to what my past was, but now God, where do you wanna take me in the future? Our lives in God are exceptions to the rule, to the rule of nature. Look at the words in the Bible that God uses just to describe his people. Well, he says we're chosen, we're peculiar. I'll agree with that. We are, aren't we? We're special, we're beloved, we are selected. We didn't choose him, he chose us. We're elected, we're anointed, we're blessed, we're favored, we're salt, we're light. We're the head and not the tail. We're the first and not the last. We're lenders and not borrowers. Now, to society, to the world, there's some strange words there to call people. But God calls us these words because we are exceptions. These are not normal words to call people, to describe people. But we're the exception. It's because God's people are exceptions. And we need to understand, as we sang this morning, this house, this place, and when when I always sing those songs, this house, I I don't say this house, I say this house, this temple of the Holy Spirit. This should be a place of signs and wonders. This should be a place of miracles. Now, there's nothing in the Christian realm or even in the Bible that is synonymous with normal. I hate to tell you, but we're all abnormal, according to the world. But with God, we are the exceptions to the rule. We're the exceptions to nature. Exodus 8.33, God says, I will make a clear distinction between my people and your people. In Exodus chapter 10, There will be a thick darkness in Egypt for three days. During all that time, the people could not even see each other, and no one moved. But there was light as usual where the people of Israel lived in the land of Goshen. They were the exception to the rule. They were excluded because God said, kill a lamb without blemish, and put the blood on the lintel of the door, and when I come over, the death angel comes over, he will see the blood, and you will be the exception to the rule. God is a God of exceptions. Not natural, but supernatural, beyond the natural. Women in their 90s normally don't have babies. Okay, a few of you ladies say amen. I don't know what you're doing here in Dover. No. Except, except out of God's promise to Abraham, and Isaac was born. Now, waters do not usually part where people walk across on dried land, 
But the Red Sea did. That was an exception, come on, to the rule of nature. It was changed to fulfill the plan of God. Walls do not usually fall when you shout at them. But with Joshua at Jericho, it became the... Oh, come on, church. It became... Learn this word now. It became the exception. Birds do not usually feed people. People usually feed birds. But Elijah was fed. Why? He was the exception to fulfill the plan of God. Dead men don't come out of graves. Unless you're Jesus and you're in the plan of God and God makes an exception to the rule. The normal. I don't want to be normal. I I preached a a sermon one time saying that, playing on the old movie way back then, James Dean, we are rebels not without a cause, but we're rebels with a cause. We're rebels going against the norm. We're rebels with a cause. I've always rebelled a little bit against establishment stuff, so you got to help me. Don't look at what's happening to everybody else. Everybody else is not where you are if you're a child of God. Everybody else is not there. God made you an exception because of your intimate relationship with Jesus Christ. If you're in fellowship with God and you need a miracle, that miracle, just the word miracle, is an exception from the norm. So this morning, if you need something in your life, say, God, make me an exception. God, make me an exception. Distinction is not always the, in the experience, it's in the outcome. In other words, I can stand beside somebody who is, and, and, and in our church we call them uh, not the unsaved, we call them not believers yet. Because they're not, we trust that they're going to be believers, but they're not believers yet. And so I can be standing beside somebody who is not a believer yet, and we can experience the same thing. Jesus said it, the rain falls on the just and the unjust. Okay? But I'm going to have a different outcome than that person does because I'm in fellowship with God and I have blood covenant with God for Jesus' sake. And so the outcome is different. What happens to that person doesn't have to happen to you. So don't fall into this thing, well, it's happening to everybody else. It's much going to be happening to me. No, you're the exception to the rule because you're a child of God. You may get thrown into the fire, but because you're the exception, you're going to come out not even smelling like smoke. Come on. (laughs) We understand cognitively, but do we really embrace it? Uh, You know, a a thing that that I I pound into my church a lot is don't we can't just be professional believers. We need to receive. It's not good enough to believe. I believe that's great, 
But what good is believing if you don't receive it? And 2,000 years ago, Jesus, Jesus purchased your salvation. 2,000 years ago, he purchased your healing. 2,000 years ago, he purchased your peace. And so today, you are the exception to the rule. There's another word that by the experience uh, in, that we see in the Bible that, that we call God's people by. And there's a song by, I think it's, it's uh, Rhett Walker called I'm a Believer. Maybe you've heard of that. And in it, it he says that, that believers are water walkers. Water walkers. How many want to be a water walker? Well, can I tell you this morning, don't try to go walk on the water if you're not an exception. Because guess what? You're going to sink. And if it's deep enough, you're going to drown. But you're the exception. You are water walkers like Peter was. Walking is normal in some cases. But in the Bible, we find that there's a lot of exceptions to that. Except when God is involved in the situation. They walk, God walked in the garden with Adam in the cold of the day. Everybody says that's in the evening, but I got to tell you, it can be really cool in the morning too. And so the cool of the day can be morning or evening. Just throw that in there. Enoch walked with God, but then was translated. Abraham walked with God with Isaac to Mount Moriah. Moses walked across the Red Sea on dry ground. Joshua walked across the Jordan River on dry ground. Uh, the two disciples walked on the road to Emmaus, and they discovered Jesus. Jesus walked through G Jerusalem carrying an old rugged cross to a place called Golgotha. And there, you know, in, you know I come to those words in Matthew... I tell people, every time we come to those words, and there they crucified him. It should break our hearts. It should move us with compassion. And don't just read over that. They came to Golgotha, and there they crucified him all the next day. No, stop for a moment. Pause there. They came to a place Golgotha, uh, called Golgotha, and there they crucified him. And that was for me, and that was for you. Okay, And then what we do is we celebrate what God did for us there. But in Matthew 14, there's another kind of walk, and that's, as we said before, it's exceptional. It's water walking. In Matthew 14, 22, we are introduced to this water walking when Peter gets out of the boat. The Bible says, immediately... As soon as there's done, now if you know the scripture, if you read it, the day before is when Jesus fed the 5,000 and probably another 10 or 15,000 people who were men and women. In that day, men and women didn't count, literally didn't count. How many knows today that men and women count and children count? So with children and women and men, there was probably 15 to 20,000 people there. And in that time, the disciples observed the miracle. And then Jesus had them help a little by distributing the, 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 the bread. 
But every time they ran out of bread, I think it's, it's, it's worth noting that they had to go back to the supernatural hand of supply. And when they did that, it was Jesus that broke the bread again, and it multiplied. So that was the day before. Now we come to this account that we read, and they're out in the boat, and the storm comes up, and, and, and they think they're going to die, and, and here comes Jesus, and right away their faith is on top. No, it's not, is it? They say, it's a ghost. It's a ghost. How do you eat with somebody, live with somebody, walk with somebody, and not know them? Because all your natural inclinations tell you something different. But Jesus was the exception to the rule. And Peter became the exception to the rule. If you want to be a water walker, you need to get connected in an intimate relationship with Jesus Christ. Amen? King of kings and Lord of lords. The Bible says immediately Peter got out of the boat. Let me go back to the, to the, the bread and, and the feeding of the 5,000. There's something we miss sometimes. And the Bible says after they did this miracle of feeding all these people, that they took up 12 baskets full of fragments, leftovers. When you give to God, you cannot outgive God. Huh? Come on, church. You cannot outgive God. And I'm, I, I, when I get to heaven, and I can't wait to get to heaven, but not today, Lord. But when, when I get to heaven, I, I, I really, I believe that those 12 baskets went to the little boy for letting them use his lunch. Five loaves and two fishes. Because when, when you give something to God, God increases. Let me tell you, if God cannot increase in your life if you don't give him anything. He's got to have something to work with. So give him something and he will increase in your life. And I believe the little boy. I believe, I believe the story here is, is about the, 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 the miracle, the feeding of the 5,000 or 20,000. But the little boy to me is the story. The little boy who gave his lunch immediately, immediately after that. Here comes Peter. The Bible says Peter got out of the boat. He got out of the boat. And the Bible says he went down to get out of the boat. How many know that to do anything for God, you got to go down? You got to go down in prayer, and that's not a derogatory thing. You got to go down in prayer and fasting. You got to go down in, in reading His Word. You got to get down on your knees and prostrate yourself before God. If you want anything to happen in your life, you need to go down, 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 and let God bring you up, up, up. Amen. Matthew 14 29, Jesus says, Come. Water walkers need to decide whether come is enough to get you to the other side. Now, I've heard this said before. I, I, I've been saying this for about 15 years or so. I, I don't believe Peter walked on the water. Now, I know literally he did. But I believe Peter walked on the word. He walked. If Jesus would not have said, come, Jesus, Peter's not getting out of that boat. Because he sees the winds and the waves. And... The normal, 
He became an exception because he had the faith to get out of the boat. Uh, I want to ask you something this morning. How about the other 11? James was in the boat. John was in the boat. Thomas was in the boat. And yet those 11 are silent. It was Peter who stepped out of the boat and walked on the water and had that faith. I challenge you this morning, be the 12th man. Be the 12th man and get out of the boat. Be the 12th man and challenge yourself today in faith to walk to Jesus and to be that exception. Can you say amen? Amen. The rain falls on the just and the unjust, but today I'm telling you, you are an exception. God wants to do great things in our lives. I think it was uh, Bishop Ken Ulmer wrote a book called An Intimate Relationship with Jesus Christ. And in that, he gives an illustration. I'll close with this. He gives an illustration that it's about a sculptor and his assistant. And the sculptor says to the assistant, please bring in that old piece of marble out there into the studio. I want to start to work on it. And the assistant says, how can you think that you can make anything out of that muddy piece of marble? all ragged and jagged and just nothing. How are you going to do that? What are you going to do with that? And the sculptor simply said this. He said, I'm going to take it and clean it up, and I'm going to start chipping away and chipping away with my hammer and my chisel and chipping away and chipping away until all that's left is that which looks like a great stallion with his nostrils breathing and and his mane blowing and and he said i'm gonna chip away and chip away until that's all that you can see you know god wants to chip away in our lives everything that doesn't look like jesus he wants us to transform us back into the image of our daddy huh back into the image of god in which we were created so today be the exception I hope that we declare with me today that we will be the exceptional men and women of God, not just the norm, but stepping out of the box, rebelling against nature. Healing is not normal, guys. Healing is not normal, but it's supernatural, and God wants to make that the exception. Let me close with this. This church after 75 years, is an exception. It's not, it's not just an exception. It's exceptional. And that you have followed God, that through the ages, through the decades, it's, you have chosen to be the exception. You're a, a testimony to all of New England. You really are. Everybody says there's a cloak of religious darkness over New England and nothing can ever happen. It's happening, guys. I, I, go, I really go off when people say, well, all the young people are going to hell. No, they're not. Look around. No, they're not. God is making our young people an exception. And I'll go one step further Uh, We're a part of the Assemblies of God, and I believe the Assemblies of God are exceptional. 
They are reaching the world through missions and planting churches in this nation. My, 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 my premise today is let's be exceptional. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father, I thank you today that we are the exception to the rule. Lord God, that we're the standouts. That God, that doesn't make us superior to anyone else. It makes us different because we have you in our lives. Jesus, we love you today. God, chip away, chip away, chip away. And God, may nothing be left in our lives except that which looks like Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name, amen.